Welcome to season two of Talks and Sips. I am Jess. And I am Ceci. We are starting the new year with a two-parter. This time around, we're making it rain because it's physically raining. So if you hear that in the background, music, sound. Ambiance. It's ambiance. <laughs> it's ASMR. Yeah, it's a hot cocoa app. <laughs> but yeah, we're making it rain literally music and travel with this two-parter. And we are intertwining all that magic with murder. Dun, dun, dun. Anyway. Grab your best cups out there, guys, and let's get our little learn on and our little dismay together. But before we do that, what are you sipping, bro? I am sipping and out of my your Keurig, of course. Whoa. It's not new anymore, but I still... <laughs> <laughs> In recording time, it's still pretty new. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I made a s'mores latte. Mm. So I went and got more of those like little syrups and stuff. So I put that instead of sugar. And, like a little bit goes a long way with those. Delicioso. Yeah. So I got a s'mores one because I was like, that seems interesting. And for it's... those that can't watch this. Yeah, this is uh, my mom cute. got me this tumbler <laughs> from when she went to Michigan. It's a very I can't tell what color it is because in some lights it looks orange. I'm seeing orange. Like also kind of coral. Rose gold? It's <laughs> salmon? It's uh, it's up for interpretation, <laughs> but it's a very shiny gridded tumbler. Mm, and yeah, gosh. I mean the latte is good. It's a uh, I didn't want it to be too hot right. even though it's raining, but I wanted a little cold in my life. <laughs> a little bit, a little bit, and like warm, you know, because your body's warm from all the sweaters and stuff. Yeah, so I need, I need something to balance out. <laughs> so she needs to be cold on the inside to be warm on the outside when she goes lizard. outside and it's cold. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, though? I'm having, this is my glow-in-the-dark grid cup, Ooh. and I'm having the smoothie. <laughs> and it's a green tea one. So mm. good. I don't normally, you know, I like to stick to my old man drinks, but right now I'm like, YOLO, it's the holidays. <laughs> Well, yeah, it's the holidays. Happy New Year, Roby. Yeah. <laughs> you know, since we pre-record, we all know we're like in the past and the future all at the same time uh, in our own version of Toxin Sips Multiverse. Mm -hmm. But how do you think right now you spent New Year's Eve? Um, I'm going to say that I either stayed at home. <laughs> and went to bed early mm. or i went to a friend's house because matt wanted to go <laughs> that sounds about right so you don't think you end up in jail i was framed or you know wake up with marker on your face or marker someone else's face i mean if i marker anyone's face it's gonna be mad uh, that's fair that's fair yeah <laughs> i don't think i'll wake up with anything on my face and i don't think i'll get out of my comfort zone enough to go to jail so yeah I think, you'll be good yeah <laughs> Do you have any plans? Not really, man. I've been spending like the last three years with my mom and we built, we built, we build stakes. You build <laughs> stakes to hold this house together. Together. <laughs> so we can have stakes <laughs> for dinner. Uh, that and uh, one of my other friends was like, they got that crazy glimmer in their eye and they're like, ooh, we should do something. And I'm like, <laughs> anyway, well, you know, it's, it's time for us to start our new year's new me bullshit. So for people that are headed, you know, they're headed to the gym these days because that's New Year's resolutions, mm -hmm. you know, to see new places. I want to see the world or, you know, the outside of my house uh, <laughs> to their couches. Some people are heading to their couches and they're very stoked on that because, you know, movies are streaming like crazy. Yeah. Are you going anywhere anytime soon? No, for as far as I the next thing I have planned is in February. But that's still a ways away. Yeah, a little it's ways a away. away. <laughs> okay. Well, how about this? Are other people going to anywhere these days? Well, mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. I don't know about these days, but we could take it back. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there's these days. But um, not to make you guys afraid or anything like that, mm -hmm. but I'm going to make you scared. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> Be very afraid. Be afraid. There has been quite a few serial killers who have made their way around towns. Plural? No. Yes. Yeah. Plural. <laughs> I was like, no, what's the other one? Singular. It's plural. <laughs> and some are even going through multiple states. As it is travel week, if you're not going too far, you may see yourself taking a freeway or maybe even a train ride. And this might all just make you second guess that. Or second think, not second guess. Mm. <laughs> I'm tired. <laughs> well, there has been both a freeway killer and a railroad killer. And there's actually been a few of each unfortunately that have been gotten that have been gotten labeled <laughs> that have been gotten labeled that was that's good i'll take that but also like 
copycats out there. Do your own thing, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But for this episode, we'll be focusing on William Bonin and Angel Marturino. California was having a rough time with serial killers in the 60s and 90s. Uh, for sure. Just couldn't seem to catch a break. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if the people weren't being terrified of the hillside stranglers, they'd be terrified of the Night Stalker and it just so many more down the line. <laughs> but... um. Now, I'm not, I'm not going to go, like, super deep into these guys, because if I did, we'd be here for multiple hours, yeah. and I don't think anybody wants that. <laughs> but, and there's also multiple true crime podcasts out there that that's what they do, and they do it better. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because they go into all the deep yeah. stuff that we don't want to go nah. into. <laughs> so, I'm giving a trigger warning now for the first Probably the majority of our sorry, <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. There will be mentions of murder, sexual assault, both on adults and underage boys. And if you have no interest in listening to all that, don't worry, we are not judging you. You can go ahead and skip to our fun travel segment. And if you want to skip there, the time code will be in the description for you to jump on over to. That being said, let's uh, let's get into this together. Woo! <laughs> So here's a quote I pulled from an article about William Bonin's childhood. He grew up with an alcoholic father and absentee mother and was primarily raised by his grandfather, who was a convicted child molester. Yikes. Yeah, that's not a good start. Nope. And I'm not saying that I feel bad for the guy, but it does give input as to why he turned out the way he did. Mm -hmm. A little bit, like psychologically. Obviously, he took his own steps to get to that point, but... Roots were placed. Yeah. In 1965, Bonin enlisted in the U.S. Air Force and served during the Vietnam War. During his time there, he did sexually assault two soldiers under his command. Which, like, to me is super mind-baffling and strange because it's like you're enlisting. You want some sort... You want a semblance of structure, yet that's not the... In your psychosis, that's not who you are. But he is a psychopath. (laughs) (laughs) At the age of 22 years old, he was already married and divorced at this point. That's how old I am. (laughs) Yeah. I can't imagine my... Okay. We're not going there. (laughs) (laughs) He was arrested for sexually assaulting five boys in the South Bay area in 1969, and he spent five years in prison. Almost immediately after being released, he did it again to a boy he had previously assaulted and was locked up again for another four years. So you're telling me he did a whole nine-year stint and still, like, couldn't figure out his impulse control? That's almost a decade being locked away, and you would think that you should be like, I don't want to end up in here again. Nah, let's go do it again. No. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) When he was released for the second time, instead of, you know learning his lesson again and the whole point of the prison system is to get reformed right and go back out into civilization he's like "Mm, i'm just not gonna get caught again Eh. (laughs) okay he's like i vow that i'm never gonna get caught again it will never be you you meddling kids and that dog (laughs) (laughs) so from here on out bonin would lure teenage boys into his van sexually assault them and murder them and then leave their bodies on the side of California freeways. So this guy's a monster, right? Well, in the process of doing this, he found not one, not two, but four accomplices. Sheesh. How? <laughs> Why is there a fan club? You sick people. How do you all just come Find up with each other? <laughs> so the other four accomplices were Vernon Butts, Gregory Miley, James Monroe, and William Pugh. That Vernon Butts guy was set up to fail this whole it's time. It's just, yeah. <laughs> it's mind-boggling how so many sick people just meet each other and carried out these horrific murders. Because, mm-hmm. again, how do you even come across that interest, similar interest? Like, oh, I got this weird idea. Oh, my God, me too. It's, it's, no. <laughs> William's bone and body count continued to rise until police found one of his accomplices, William Pugh, who confessed to allegedly only witnessing the murders which was not true. And following his statements, the police quickly placed Bonin under surveillance. Mm. So they were following him and caught him while he had a teenage boy who thankfully survived in the van. And they found a length of white nylon cord, several knives, and a thick scrapbook of clips about the quote-unquote freeway killer in his van. So this guy liked the attention he was getting, which is super gross. Like, it got him off in some way, yeah. just seeing his name in the papers. And he went on trial and, of course, was found guilty. He was sentenced to death, which made him California's first person to die by lethal injection. Controversially. 
controversially. Yay! In some people's eyes, but... <laughs> <laughs> so he died on February 23rd, 1996. I meant controversially the... Yay! Oh. <laughs> the following yay. <laughs> so this guy was a real piece of shit, showing no remorse <laughs> to the end. As for his accomplices, the... Accom- accomplices <laughs> two of them died with vernon butts hanging himself while awaiting trial and gregory miley succumbing to injuries from an attack in prison he was beat up pretty good mm. for taking part in one of william bonin's killings james monroe is currently serving 15 years to life for a second degree murder however william pew who which is the guy who basically led him to william uh he he was sentenced to six years for voluntary manslaughter yeah. and was free from prison after only serving four. Okay, so this is like the one time I'm going to be like, oh shit, I hopefully, hopefully he doesn't hear this. Please <laughs> share this with your friends, tag us, tag your friends, <laughs> spread the word. We're trying to grow, but hopefully he doesn't hear it. Yeah. <laughs> well, next up, we have another piece of shit. <laughs> and. Angel, Angel, whatever you want to call him, Martuino, Marturino. Ma'am, that was no angel. <laughs> no. Resendez. I don't care. I don't care if I'm pronouncing his name. <laughs> <laughs> He's also known as the railroad killer, and he was suspected of nine murders near railroad tracks in Texas, Kentucky, and Illinois. Resendez would go on, would go after people who were near the railroads, and he would leave some evidence behind. But because police didn't really... One, they didn't know that these were all linked together, mm-hmm. so they didn't really think to look for similarities. Yeah, and two, this guy was nowhere on the radar. That's... He was just picking up and leaving. Right, right. Away. He was not introducing himself to anybody. He was just he didn't leave a calling card on the wall. No, <laughs> he would sometimes sexually assault the woman and then bludgeon the victims to death. He killed both men and women. Okay. Sometimes he would also take their cars, and this actually connected two of the murders together after they found fingerprints of the same person, which later it was found to be his fingerprints. So he wasn't being careful either. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Like, he was just leaving whatever behind. And then he attacked Holly Dunn and her boyfriend, Christopher Mayer, in 1997. Unfortunately, Christopher was killed, but Resendez did... He left the scene thinking both Holly and Chris were dead, but she was a fighter, and she managed to go to a nearby home for help. And he did kill after this, and she knew that she knew that her killer had not been caught. She did not know that it was the same person. Right. So she was still on edge, like, they didn't catch the guy who did this. Mm-hmm. And obviously we know now that he did kill after this, but she was just thinking, like, if he's going to come back and finish the job. Yeah. Thankfully, he didn't. He, he left it at that. He wasn't smart enough. No. <laughs> Thankfully. <laughs> yeah. Going into 1999, Resendez at the time, known to law enforcement by his alias, Rafael Resendez Ramirez, which <laughs> I was just saying, he just changed the spelling of his last name yeah. and made it his middle name. <laughs> you go, guy. Okay. He's so smart. He becomes one of the Federal Bureau of Investigations, a.k.a. the FBI's 10 most wanted, 10 most wanted fugitives. I, I don't know why I want to say top 10. <laughs> so my top 10? Yeah. Resendez is wanted in connection with a string of deaths in Texas, Kentucky, and Illinois. And U.S. Customs would search train cars to try and see if they could catch this guy. Because mm. they like started putting together that all of this was happening Along near the... railroads. Mm. Mm-hmm. Resendez was officially in custody in July of 1999. And during his trial, jurors would eventually reject his plea of not guilty by reason of insanity and would convict him and sentence him to death. He was executed on June 27, 2006. But before he was, he convinced to more, he convinced, mm. he confessed to more murders and they were able to link him to at least 15 murders in six states. So Texas, Kentucky, Georgia, Illinois, Florida, and California. He got around. He sure did. (laughs) (laughs) Going back to Holly, though, she is living her life as a survivor. She makes that very clear. She's not a victim. She's a survivor. And she's dedicated to helping other victims of sexual assault. In 2006, she received the Jacqueline Kennedy Onassis Award for Public Service, which is one of the nation's highest honors for humanitarian work. And she also has her book, Soul Survivor, as well. Yeah, good for her. (laughs) And she has a family now, which is super nice. Yes. 
Unfortunately, these two aren't the only monsters doing this, though. Mm. Samuel Little has confessed to 93 murders. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that's a, that's a lot. Ugh. As of October 2019, law enforcement has been able to verify 50 of these confessions, with many more pending final confirmation, because... He could say all he wants, but mm-hmm. they're like, you need to prove it. <laughs> right. Maybe he's just like fluffing himself up. Yeah. Like those mm-hmm. sickos that are like, oh, I've killed a lot of people. I've totes killed like yeah. 150. Uh-huh. Just saying. And they're like, because some people just want to have high numbers. They right. want to be at the top. And it's like, mm, we got to prove it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> mm-hmm. So per the FBI's websites, here's the map of his murder locations that have been proven. We could pop that up. All I don't know what Denver, Colorado, and you know what? We'll get to that. <laughs> it was like he totally was un- – he didn't like that middle section. No, he did not. <laughs> so there's tons of different states on here. And due to keeping this episode at a reasonable time, we can't go into him as much. But if you'd like us to cover like, all of his, all of his, him, his situation yeah, in a future episode, let us know. <laughs> But true crime isn't done for this episode just yet. It's very true crime heavy today. Yeah. And up next, we have a more well-known killer. 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 Lady killer? Lady. I mean, he technically was. Yeah, he was. He was a lady killer. Well, those are some disgusting people that sure like to travel. Sheesh. You know who else got around and I would say like to travel? That lady killer. We were just... Lady killer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Ted Bundy's nasty ass. Okay, as we know, he has been covered extensively in films, documentaries, news outlets, books, podcasts. How much Bundy is too much Bundy? Any Bundy is too much Bundy. <laughs> Way too much Bundy. And though I'll scrape on some of the stuff he did, ew, um, I was more interested in the logistics of how he got around in the first place because mm-hmm. traveling takes money, guys. Yeah. And this was back then where currency was, like, different. I don't know. Inflation. I mean, uh, <laughs> sir, where were you getting your resources to pursue, to, pursue, <laughs> to pursue your dream of crime and morbidity? Okay. I, I had to say it that way. Sorry, guys. Okay. So let's go on a sickle's journey, shall we? Yes. Are we going sicko mode? Sicko mode. <laughs> <laughs> what we know off cuff. Bundy was a fat, compulsive liar. He played the media and the groupies, and he murdered a minimum of 28 young women. To add to his resume of sickoness, sicko mode, there are some murders we still might not know about and probably never will. And add kidnapping, burglary, and Grand Theft Auto. On November 24th, 1946, 22-year-old Eleanor Louis Cowell gave birth to Theodore Ted Robert Cowell in Burlington, Vermont. So anytime I mention a location, since this is travel <laughs> episode, I'm going to go, ding! <laughs> and then we're going to figure out how many places this man has been per the record. Mm-hmm. For the first two years of Ted's life, he lived in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, ding! <laughs> with his grandparents. I know plenty of people who have grown up with their grandparents and have turned out just fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But these people knew that their caretakers were their grandparents and not their actual parents. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so Ted believed that his grandpa and his grandma were were his biological parents and that his mom was his older sister. Which is so weird because I, when I, I knew about that mm-hmm. and I thought she was like maybe 15. She was 22. Bro. <laughs> Just on up to your Come on. Yeah. <laughs> so let's talk about a brain fuck, right? Like as early as he could make memories, he was fed lies. Yeah. So that that'll do a doozy on you. It's more pathological mm. stuff. Psychological, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> In 1950, Ted's mom, real mom, uh, she took him to start a new life in Tacoma, Washington. Bing. Uh, there his mama Eleanor met a hospital cook named Johnny Bundy and they got married in 1951 Johnny adopted Ted legally and gave him the infamous name we know him by today Ted Bundy as I was reading I was like there it is that's it I know what what was wrong with him he was an only child that's it no offense only children out there but y'all just a little weird Uh, (laughs) but then I discovered that Eleanor and Johnny had four other children outside of Ted so that's that point's moot. Yeah. <laughs> he wasn't debunked. an only child. No, nope, debunked. <laughs> uh, there are some rumors that his first victim may have actually happened when he was 14. A girl named Ann Burr disappeared in 1961 from her bed, and women had been disappearing in the general vicinity of where he was. And he denied this until his death. But 
Could you believe him? He was a liar. That is weird. I mean, coincidence. But if there was also other women going missing. Well, that's why. You, a 14-year-old could do all that? <laughs> I don't know how crazy it was. So. Uh, I mean. And, <laughs> it was obviously mess. Mm-hmm. Insane in the membrane. In the membrane. <laughs> oh, we're going to get sued. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Now, it's 1965, and Bundy enrolled at the University of uh, Puget Sound and then transferred to the University of Washington in 1966. In 1967, however, he began a romantic relationship with the classmate, and then he dropped out of college in 1968. So this man could just, this man could just, oh my God, I felt this when I wrote this. (laughs) This man could not just stay in one school or keep one girlfriend. And I love how both these things got him caught up at the end. Yeah. Hey. He traveled east and enrolled at Temple University in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Ding! (laughs) Then he went back to Washington in 1969. And this time around, he met his on and off, on and on, on and on and on and on, on and off girlfriend, (laughs) Elizabeth Cloper. Remember her, folks. She comes in clutch. In 1971, there is where, you know, we hear more on logistics. This is finally where I'm like, okay. Tell me, how did this all work out? Uh, he acquires a job working at Seattle's Suicide Hotline. That's a little ironic. Wait, what? <laughs> You're having like an Alanis, an Alanis, an Alanis Morissette moment? Mm-hmm. Al- <laughs> Alanis Morissette moment. How ironic. Isn't it ironic? Mm-hmm. Anyway, then yet again, Ted makes his way back to college after dropping out so, so many times. So Ted was back at it again with enrolling at the University of Washington. And he finally graduated in 1972. So good for you, finally. Um, after this, also I was going to make the joke, and it just came to me right now, but like all those people that take forever to graduate or like keep dropping out, if Ted can do it, you, you can, can do it. <laughs> <laughs> after this, he went back to his original school of choice, the law school at University of Puget Sound. Time for another trigger warning party, people. If this is too much, please just forward like seven minutes or something. I don't know. Just... <laughs> keep going um now it's 1974 bundy's first known sexual attack happened in january of 1974 he broke into the apartment of karen sparks a university of washington student while she slept and beat her before sexually assaulting her though she was in a coma for 10 days following the attack she survived but was you know had to live with forever and ever permanent disabilities after this Roughly a month later, in February, Ted's committed his first known murder. He broke into the apartment of Linda Ann Healy, another University of Washington student, beat her, and then abducted her. Her remains were later found at Taylor Mountain site, where Bundy left multiple victims. And because it's a mountain, I'm going to call it a location. Ding! (laughs) Throughout the rest of 1974, while still at school, Ted would go to commit at least seven more murders throughout Washington and Colorado, or seven murders that he confessed to, though there could be others. While working at the Department of Emergency Services, logistics, why is he working there? (laughs) But Bundy, Bundy, because I was going to say but, Bundy, (laughs) Bundy. Bundy met Carol Ann Boone. Remember that name too? <laughs> Get this. While still being with Elizabeth Clover, little two time, the women did not know about each other, man. That doesn't surprise me. Spicy. Um, and he really was just bad to the core that way. The same year, he moved to Salt Lake City, Utah. Ding! And he enrolled into Utah Law School, and a month later, young women in that area started disappearing. Coincidence? Uh, In one instance, in his disgusting journey, he approached Carol DeRange as she was leaving a mall in Murray, Utah. He introduced himself as Officer Roseland. And, you know, of course, he told a false story that said that someone had tried to break into her car, and Carol agreed to go with him to the police station to follow a report. But, you know, his little plan quickly fell apart when he tried cuffing her and he cuffed both cuffs onto one hand (laughs) uh dummy yeah (laughs) not the brightest um and she was able to escape thank god uh yeah what a dummy okay so remember clover elizabeth 
Yeah, <laughs> his first on and off again boo. Mm-hmm. Well, she started noticing a trend, and she put it—you know—she put the pieces together. She was like, um, "Have you seen Always Sunny in Philadelphia with Charlie Day's?" Like, I've seen the meme. The meme. Where he's like, yeah, his eyes are, <laughs> he's deranged. That was her, because she goes, you know, everywhere he moved around, reports of bodies and women were happening, and she, you know, she was like. Hold on. Hold the phone. Mm -hmm. She went to the police and reported him multiple times in August, November, and December of 1974. And there's a photo we'll attach where basically the whole, like, her figuring it out pretty much. It's her... It's her Excel sheet, but it's written out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like my Christmas shopping list. <laughs> the police, you know, they were suspicious of him. but They didn't have enough to hold him, you know, the first time they arrested him. However, Carol, who got away, like, remember Carol? Yeah, that one. She identified Ted in a, in a different instance in the lineup. He was jailed, of course, but then freed on bail. Why? <laughs> someone paid for it. Someone paid it. Ooh. But yeah, I don't know. People are weird. Well, I digress. Because it's about to get weirder. Bundy stood trial for Durant's kidnapping in February 1976. And guess what? He was found guilty. Ta-da! Uh, he was sentenced to serve from 1 to 15 years in Utah State Prison. But while he was in jail, he was charged with the murder of Karen Campbell, which he committed in Colorado in a different instance, of course, and was later transferred to a prison in Aspen, Colorado. Bing! In 1977, Bundy was transferred to a courthouse for a hearing where he served as his own attorney, right? Because he went to law school. (laughs) And, bro, they say that's like the one thing you're never supposed to do, represent yourself. That's a joke. And also, they just let him be alone. (laughs) Like... What? So, you know, he made his infamous escape uh, that didn't last very long. And he totes broke his ankle when he jumped out the second story window. Yeah, I heard he became a mountain man for like those six days that he was gone. Yeah, he was trying to live the, the what do we call the dirtbag life? Uh, it didn't really quite work out for him. He was no. too, He's I don't know, boy. stupid. Yeah, I don't know. He got caught rather quickly. <laughs> Later the same year during Christmas break, ironically, he got through a hole in the ceiling um, into a room above his, you know, cage or what are those called cells i don't know (laughs) Uh, somehow he was able to get a detailed map of the jail like a blueprint what (laughs) anyway he changed into street clothes and literally walked out the front door he he literally strut his stuff out the front door and no one knew till the next day it seems like a movie Like a comedy movie, like the Three Stooges type of thing. Right. Yeah, you're like, what? So this is where the dings are going to get a real annoying. I'm sorry. So he hitchhiked like all the other hippies at that time frame Mm -hmm. before the time of Uber. Um, He caught a bus to Denver, Colorado. Ding! Then took a flight to Chicago. Ding! And then took a train to Ann Harbor, Michigan. Ding! He then stole a car and drove to Atlanta, Georgia. Ding! And then finally took a bus to Tallahassee, Florida. <laughs> he was like all over the place. I'm already so tired from hearing about this much travel, to be honest. Like, you know, did his pretty privilege really get him across that easy? It had to be. How I did mean, he afford this outside of jail? I mean, they use that Afron, Afron, Efron. <laughs> Efron. Yeah, he's pretty pretty. <laughs> he's a pretty boy. And it's known that Ted Bundy was uh, eye candy. Mm. Not nothing more than that <laughs> so the pretty right where he lacked in brains he had the pretty and so pretty privilege i would say was what got him by yeah. like bro i don't know how you got the funds for all of this <laughs> but he was able to stay in a room at a sorority house you know in tallahassee florida and a week after arriving to the state bundy broke into a sorority house of course because can't control himself no impulse control where he killed two young women while he, they slept and then he attacked another two then finally Attacked another woman after he left the sorority house. And thank God she survived. She got away. But like, what's happening, guy? Mm -hmm. Bundy tried to leave Tallahassee. But on June 12th, he was pulled over after the car he was driving was identified as stolen. And he was arrested. So then we know the rest of the history, right? He goes on to trial. And in his Florida trial... It was the first one ever to be televised. He was convicted of two counts of murder, three counts of attempted first degree murder, two counts of, you know, like burglary. Yeah, (laughs) he he was, you know, they gave him the death penalty for the murder convictions because Florida does not. Florida does not play around. They will slam it down. (laughs) Like, nope, you you dead. What's that thing called? The gamut? 
No, that's not get. No, no, no. What the freak is it? Uh, oh, a gavel. Gavel. There you go. I was like, it's not gamut. What did I say? Ga- ga- gamut. What the? Fu- what is that? Mm-hmm. Let's find out. Continue. So you know, Florida does not play around. No, they're they're not trying to pay for no more mouths. No, no, no he can die. <laughs> a second trial happened for another murder he had committed in Lake City, Florida, while he was locked up. And, of course, he loved the attention. He was a household name by this point and was feeling the fame, bro. He was like, yes, they love me. He got married at the time, you know, like, what? You're in jail, my guy. And so, yeah, at this time, basically, there was a law in Florida that stated if a marriage was declared in court before a judge, it would be a legal marriage. I'm not sure if this is the same thing today over there or if it's the same as a courthouse ceremony. Probably not. I mean, Charles Manson got married like two years before he died. So, right. But I don't know if it's still like a thing, like if the law is still in place. Or they're, I like, feel hey. like it probably is. Like, yeah, I guess. You can. Uh, I mean, like, why do you want to be married? You want to okay. get married? Sure. I mean, you're already locked up. Want to <laughs> yeah. get locked up? You're in here for life. But yeah, okay. okay. <laughs> want to? What is it? Want to get locked up metaphorically? <laughs> oh. Anyway, he got married to that second boo, Carol Ann Boone. Wait. Oh, wait. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Why? <laughs> oh, because she was actually there to testify for him. She believed him. She was like, "That's my baby." He but would- didn't she say that she was the one who got attacked? No, the one who got attacked was with the cuffs on one hand. That was Durunch. Oh, yeah, Carol <laughs> Carol Durunch. Okay, <laughs> yeah, this Carol and Boone was way back when the first second girlfriend. When we were like, oh, he got married to his second boo, Carol and Boone. Remember the one he was like, I got two girlfriends now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the only reason he was able to do it was because she was there to testify for him. My boo would never <laughs> do that. He would never. Mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> You know, because she never called him out for his shit. And so he ultimately was sentenced to death by electrocution. He, of course, tried to escape again and failed. Um, When he realized that that was it, there was never an escape happening after this point. (laughs) He's like, oh, this is it for me. All right. Um, He started singing the tunes, baby. (laughs) And he started, you know, making all sorts of phone calls and confessions to people. He was trying to stay relevant so hard. January 24th, 1989 came and Bundy did die via the electric chair at Florida State Prison in Rayford, Florida. How many places do you think he committed crimes at? Are you asking this as in like how many dings did you do or how many states? No, how many? uh, As to, I'm gonna have two questions. So, how many places do you think he committed crimes at? Which is like just where specifically he committed the crimes? Oh, I'm gonna say. Just take a wild guess. This is more than this is like everything, right? Not just murder and. This is specifically murder. Oh, just specific murder. I'm gonna guess 28 because there's 28 victims. Ah, (laughs) what is it? One. <laughs> At least one. At least one. one. <laughs> when you don't know the answer. At least one. It was five. So he killed oh, okay. in Washington, Oregon, Colorado, Utah, oh. and Florida. So that was states-wise. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But how many places have I mentioned in this segment up until now? Well, I'm not going to look because just highlighted the same. Or is that how much it is? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because <laughs> I could, if I wanted to cheat, I could just count them. <laughs> but I'm not going to. I'm going to guess my. <laughs> I'm in between seven to nine. Am I close? No. No. Is it more? Yeah. I'll say 12. <laughs> I think it is 12. Let me count. Oh. Them. All right. Or count them with me. Okay. There's Burlington, Vermont, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, Tacoma, Washington, Philadelphia. Oh, I did that twice. Don't count that. <laughs> Taylor Mountain, Salt Lake City, Utah, Aspen, Colorado, Denver, Colorado, Chicago, Illinois, Ann Harbor, Michigan, Atlanta, Georgia, Tallahassee, Florida, and Lake City, Florida. Oh, so technically I got it right and you got it wrong. No, (laughs) it it is 12. That's what I said, yeah. But you counted Pennsylvania twice here. Did you count that on your hand twice? No. That's what I'm saying. It is 12 no matter what. Oh, okay. This is 13 on the paper. That's what I'm saying. Even if I wanted to count on the paper, Uh I would have said 13, but I said 12. Yeah, you were right. Yeah. 
I don't think you understand what I'm saying. I don't think I'm understanding. <laughs> but basically, she was right, and it was always 12, and that's how many things I did. Anyway. <laughs> Jesus. Okay, so he did inspire a lot of content and a lot of art, and not from admiration necessarily, I don't think, uh, but from a place where I think a lot of us are just kind of baffled. <laughs> We're like, what? What? Because his whole life just felt like, you know... Like, what are you doing, guy? Everything feels, everything that you do, everything that you are is an oxymoron. <laughs> You're like, I'm going to kill people, but I'm going to work at a hotline. I'm going <laughs> to go to court to be a lawyer, but I'm going to kill people. What yes. are you doing? <laughs> you know, I'm going to have a girlfriend. I'm going to cheat on her. <laughs> cheat on her. Okay, guy. So the problem for me is when he also inspires others, disturbed others. Yes. Uh, <laughs> those folks are not baffled. They're impressed. <laughs> and back in June 2011 in Anchorage, Alaska, a man confessed to killing at least eight people across the country. He expressed that he had researched Ted Bundy and other serial killers, saying that he recognized himself in them. Wow. Ceci, you know, mentors, am I right? Yeah, this Ugh. is not. And I did. <laughs> when I saw this, I was like, I know who this is. And this guy is gross. Ugh. Like, he is disgusting. Yikes. <laughs> Although his name is Israel Keys, by the way, uh, you know, he was inspired by the serial killers and, you know, the investigations went on for him. And his main goal was really not to be known as a serial killer, which is really bizarre. He's like, I don't want to be known as that. Um, he's like, I want to be known to have my own ideas. Okay. And I believe he also had a wife and a kid, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. This guy was known to torture animals as a kid, too. Just throwing that out there. So. That's You see, that's weird because I don't remember who it was, mm -hmm. but they had a thing where if they saw that the person had animals, they wouldn't go into that house. Bizarre. Yeah. I don't know where, like, it, <laughs> where does it get separated? <laughs> this guy had rules, though. And like not traveling too far to find his targets was one of those rules. But he felt that he was losing control and began breaking his own rules. <laughs> anyway, he also obtained a police scanner. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> the, this guy was caught in Texas and he confessed to killing people in Washington. This guy wanted to get caught and he loved the media attention as well. He wanted to have um, a character. He wanted to be a character. Mm. That was his the goal. The main character. The thing. main <laughs> character. His types of murder were very Bundy-like. They also discovered that he wasn't crazy. He was just an addict and he enjoyed how he felt and the rush he felt when committing the crimes. Dang it. It makes me want to reevaluate going to Alaska now because, you know, I've always wanted to see the northern lights. Also, for me, a long time, I thought that Iceland was the only place you could go see them. But who knew? Alaska is also a great choice for that. Or pretty much the whole top part of the globe. That was the opposite. I knew Alaska, but I didn't. About Iceland? Iceland, I learned that pretty recently. Yeah, what? So <laughs> yeah. we had the opposite. When I was younger, I genuinely thought that going to Iceland to see the auroras was part of the wonders of the world. <laughs> and uh, nope, that's not it. <laughs> Disclaimer. We had to throw a fact in about Alaska and it all just tied it. So I put, ha ha, we really tried to tie in this Alaska man with the seven wonders. And I did. Boom. It's like, yeah, he did this. But you know what else is in Alaska? <laughs> Segway, son. Well, <laughs> if you're like Justin also thought that the, <laughs> the auroras were part of the seven wonders of the world, we're going to give you a history lesson. We're going to give you a quick learn right now. Yeah. Um, this I actually did learn something. So did you know, did you know that there was two sets of the seven wonders of the world? <laughs> Like, I didn't even know what the uh, the real the real one. I thought the Aurora Borealis was one. <laughs> I didn't know this either. <laughs> Apparently, there's seven wonders of the ancient world and the new seven wonders of the world as of 2007. Is it a multiverse but, again? Are we on it? <laughs> I guess so. But here we're gonna go into the ancient world wonders. Um, these are interesting because it's very like old timey. A lot of history behind it, but it's also questionable. Like. And you'll see why. <laughs> so we're going to go in with number one, the Great Pyramid of Giza, Egypt. The Great Pyramid is the only wonder of the ancient world that is still standing today. So if you want to go see them, they're still up. 
as of now. This consists of three pyramids built between 2700 BC and 2500 BC, which only 200 years. Before COVID? I'm just kidding. COVID. <laughs> Only 200 years? I, I, that's actually surprising to me because they didn't have all these fancy machines to build it. It, it was determination. I guess so. And pride. <laughs> <laughs> the largest pyramid w- is Khufu, covering 13 acres and is believed to contain more than 2 million stone blocks that weigh from 2 to 30 tons each. That's what I'm talking about. Two to three tons. Because they were swole, bro. I they, get, they were. <laughs> life was gym all the time. Yeah. And they had to, if they were using machines, they had to build those machines. So pretty they're, impressive. They're not, I was going to say they're not, they're, they're not like us running on diabetes and dreams. <laughs> I don't know. I, I picture Kronk from Emperor's New Group. Everyone looking like Kronk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it actually wasn't until the 19th century when Khufu was dethroned as the tallest building in the world, which is impressive because this is before Christ, <laughs> and it took us this long to surpass that. <laughs> and now it's, I don't know, Dubai? Yeah, I think so. Somebody. <laughs> Next up, we have the Hanging Gardens of Babylon. And this is a romantic one. It's said that King, bear with me, <laughs> Nebuchadnezzar the <laughs> second built the towering gardens to quote-unquote ease his lover Amida's homesickness for the natural beauty of her home in Media. And scientists now have explained what the gardens would have needed to survive since they were on different elevations and like in the middle of a lake. And <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> Not a lake, a pond, I should say. <laughs> it sounds like me trying to take care of my plants right now in the wintertime. It's, <laughs> it's not great. not happening. <laughs> but some scholars, like historians, they're like, you know, I don't think these ever existed at all. <laughs> and it's like, huh. Well, we can't prove it. We cannot <laughs> not prove exactly. it. Exactly. So it's like, take your side, I guess. From what I see, most of the seven wonders of the ancient world are through pictures because mm. they're old. Or not pictures, but like artistic. Paintings. Yeah. yeah, paintings, drawings, whatnot, like not actual photographs because mm-hmm. They're all gone, <laughs> except for the one that has actual photographs. So, so you can't really say like, "Oh no, there's pictures of them." Like you had to give them credit if that one survived. Yeah. <laughs> Next up, we have the statue of Zeus at Olympia, and the statue of Zeus was put in the temple of Zeus at Olympia. The sculptor Phidias depicted the god of thunder sitting on a wooden chair shirtless. Apparently, he asked Zeus for a sign of approval on the sculpture, you know, his signature, if you will. (laughs) And soon after, it was struck by lightning. Eventually, Christian priests persuaded the Roman emperor to close down the temple, and the statue was moved and presumably destroyed in a fire. (laughs) Hoo-ha-ha. Which is like, how though? It's made out of stone. (laughs) Rope? (laughs) And a lot of people? But it was a fire. (laughs) I don't know. See? Was it it real? (laughs) Did it ever exist? (laughs) The temple of Artemis at Ephesus is next. All right. (laughs) The original temple of Artemis was burned by a Greek citizen, Herostratus, because he wanted his name to be known through history. And he was put to death, and the government declared it illegal to utter his name as a slap in the face after death. Oh, wow. So petty. (laughs) Yeah. The new building was surrounded by marble steps that led to a more than 400-foot-long terrace, and inside stood 127 60-foot marble columns and a statue of Artemis, the Greek goddess of the hunt. Imagine how nice of a photo session that would be with all those columns. Ooh, and (laughs) all all the bouncing light. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Selfie territory. <laughs> Next up is the mausoleum at Helicarnassus. <laughs> okay. And also, I was like, how do you pronounce this word? Mausoleum. Because the way it's spelled, I don't know. When my brain first looked at it, I'm like, that doesn't seem right. But it was. No, that's right. Yeah, but I've just never seen the word spelled out before. Uh. So it's like, that's not it. <laughs> <laughs> so the story behind this one is a little crazy a little mm. incestual if you will <laughs> the mausoleum at halicarnassus was a tomb built by artemisa for her husband Marcellus, the king of carnia or narnia <laughs> it's carnia mm. in asia minor after his death in 353 bc Mausolus was also art art 
oh my gosh, Artemisa's brother. <laughs> and according to legend, she was so grief stricken at his passing that she mixed his ashes with water and drank them in addition to ordering the mausoleum's construction. The massive mausoleum was made entirely of white marble and is thought to be to have been about 135 feet high. Jeez. So I know that the like Greek mythology it's very incestual with like lovers being brothers. <laughs> lover the lover is a brother. So I guess in that sense it's fine. <laughs> they teach us the Odyssey in school. <laughs> oh my god. Next up is the Colossus Col- Col- of Rhodes. And this was a huge bronze sculpture of the sun god Helios. And the sculpture stood at 100 feet tall, but was destroyed after 60 years due to an earthquake. The earth is like, take that. Yeah. If you see our little picture that we put up here, you can tell why. Because his feet are just like out one foot on each side of the bridge. Civil engineers are like, <laughs> yeah, like nothing to balance it. <laughs> And the seventh wonder of the ancient world is the Lighthouse of Alexandria. And this lighthouse was located on an island called Pharos and helped guide Nile River ships in and out of the harbor because it, it would get super busy. Archaeologists have found ancient coins on which the lighthouse was depicted and from them deduced that the structure had three tiers. So a square level at the bottom. You have to have a good base. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then second level is oct octagonal (laughs) and at the top it's cylindrical so it's weird (laughs) it probably looked cool it probably did but it was a interesting choice of architecture again civil engineers (laughs) (laughs) above that stood a 16 foot statue most likely of tom lee the second or alexander the great for whom the city was named so these all look beautiful from all the, all the paintings, the all the drawings. Times. Too bad you can't go to any of them except, except for one. For one. <laughs> Again, just, <laughs> just one. the one. <laughs> but, you know, you can go to the new Seven Wonders of the World. And, Jess, this is where you can go. <laughs> oh, sick. Cool. Let's do it. So we'll start with the Great Wall of China. And it's the Great Wall is made up of many walls that just overlap. And the combined length of those layers is an estimated 10,000 to 20,000 kilometers. For us Americans, though, (laughs) it's about a little more than 6,000 to 12,500 miles. (laughs) Next up is the Taj Mahal in India. And it took around 20,000 workers and 16 years to build. The building reflects the Mughal architecture style, stressing symmetry and balance. Uh, yeah, I'm really bummed because I did go to India and y'all know this. And I was like, cool, I'm just going to go fly north and go to the Taj Mahal <laughs> one day. While I was out there for three weeks, I never flew north because for some reason we all forget that other parts of the world are just ginormous and yeah. continents are huge. And like the size of India is probably like the United States this way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Who knew? It's, mm-hmm. we're, we're made to think of little... Because I'm not going to get into that. Anyway. We go on like many hour drives for fun. (laughs) (laughs) So Next up is Petra Jordan. And there are Hellenistic facades curved into canyons. And the natural terrain is used as guides. Uh, If you watch the new Ghostbusters movie, it essentially looks like the mountain thing that they find inside. Mm -hmm. Not the actual inside of it, but the exterior of it. So Um, if you want a reference. (laughs) Sorry, I boot myself, guys. These monuments are now vulnerable to flash flooding, though, since they are underground. And visitors have gone down during the last few years due to, quote unquote, instability and violence in the Middle East. So just not as many people wanting to go out there and take the risk. Uh -uh. It's like Mexico. Some places in Mexico. (laughs) The Colosseum in Rome, Italy, and this Colosseum is an amphitheater filmed with half columns used for gladiator and hunting shows, which I actually didn't know about the half columns. I just thought it was just bare in the middle. Mm -hmm. And then I went and I was like, oh, (laughs) this makes sense. Yeah, it's like a maze. (laughs) But all of this just designing, it looks like they just designed it to me. For, for death. <laughs> Essentially, that's what it was. <laughs> Along with you know, the gladiator and hunting shows, it was also used for public executions in the earlier centuries. You know, death sells. Okay. <laughs> yeah, not so much anymore. We can't get away with that anymore. <laughs> in most places. <laughs> 
Next is Christ the Redeemer statue in Rio de Janeiro in Brazil. Janeiro. Janeiro. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like it should be said fancier. Yeah. Janeiro. Janeiro. <laughs> <laughs> the Christ the Reminder statue in Brazil, the most recently constructed of the New Seven Wonders, stands 125 feet tall. And at the time the statue was commissioned by the Catholic Church in the early 20th century, over 90% of Brazilians were Catholic. And images of the Christ statue are reproduced throughout Brazil, so you'll see it in many places. But it's huge. (laughs) (laughs) Next is Chichen Itzu in Mexico. And these ruins feature the Maya innovation in astronomy and science. So for all of you uh, astrology, astronomy, Mm -hmm. all you science people. (laughs) Would it go for the people that are all about, like, the signs and stuff? Like That's astrology. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. I mean, I guess you could. It has to do with the days and stuff. Like, you're not being crazy because you're a Capri Sun, okay? Capri Sun. <laughs> <laughs> so the Temple of Kukulkan has 365 steps, one for each day in the Hub Solar Calendar. So I mean, I think that could go into as- astrology. <laughs> Might be a stretch, but <laughs> we're not. What is it? I'm always joking. We're not professionals. We're not experts. That's the one. (laughs) And lastly is Machu Picchu in Peru. It sounds like a Pokemon. Mm -hmm. (laughs) This is thought to have been built as a royal retreat for the emperor, not to be visited by the masses, which is ironic. And the architecture was integrated into the natural terrain. Its walls and terraces cut into the rock. So this was built for this royal royalty. Uh Uh-huh. But today, <laughs> it can be reached either by hiking up the Incan Trail or through trail. the... Huh? Trail. Oh, trail. <laughs> Not the trial. You don't have to go on trial. <laughs> like, dang, that's too much effort, man. <laughs> uh, through the Ande, Andes mm-hmm. or by train. <laughs> so now, the average schmo like you and me can yeah. go. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to be. You're, you are royalty when you go there. <laughs> Hair flip. Yeah. So I've only been to the Colosseum in Rome, but the rest of these are definitely on my bucket list. Another thing, though, that I've always wanted to do, my best friend and I would talk about this in high school, us going on a road trip mm. when we got out and went to college. And then we were like, oh, we need money. <laughs> oh, this is expensive. How do you get money to do this? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, and it's money time off. And also, like, what? what's the best way to go? A like, good I don't playlist. know where to go. <laughs> Some tunes. Yeah. So it's like, obviously, there's a lot of different, like, ooh, this is a road trip you can do. But, like, which one? We're fresh out of college. Not college. High school. Yeah. (laughs) What are we going to do? I've done a teeny tiny one before when we drove from here overnight to go camping and have a soup by Arizona. Mm -hmm. It's an Indian reservation. I don't know if you know about it, but it's kind of tucked away. Anyway, it took us about six hours since we drove pretty fast and it was nighttime and part of the drive requires going through uh, and on Route 66. And there is a split point where you need to have enough gas to take off in that split, mm-hmm. get to wherever you're going to park, and come back. If not, you're mm. stuck. <laughs> yeah. So you gotta, you can't be like, I'll get gas. Yeah. The, no. <laughs> get gas as soon as you know you're about to hit that split <laughs> off of the Route 66. So per the Road Trip USA website, these are the top 11 road trips in the U.S., you ready? I am. Okay. Well, there's no <laughs> real particular order here. The first one that they listed was Pacific Coast Highway. Starting at the northwest tip of the United States at Washington's Olympic National Park and remaining within sights of the ocean all the way down to sunny San Diego, this is a 1,650-mile road trip. And mostly it's two lanes and it takes, you know, it takes in everything from a temperate rainforest to a near desert. So that's one option. <laughs> I don't know about those two lanes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just being two lane all the way. But you're by the coast. That's true. <laughs> but if you're, you know, you have to pass technically by LA. So <laughs> There is also, like I said, historic, you know, Route 66. And there is a romance in traveling along historic Route 66 from where it starts in Chicago and where it ends in LA. I don't know about that. But if you're looking for great displays of neon signs, 
rusty middle of nowhere truck stops my mouth wanted to do it it wanted to say middle-aged <laughs> middle-aged truck stop <laughs> <laughs> or kitsy americana do as the song says and get your kicks off of route 66 very car-esque mm-hmm. the pixar car is it pixar yeah yeah, yeah? <laughs> disney <laughs> yeah um owen wilson <laughs> wow wow <laughs> okay the loneliest road is what the other possibility you could possibly take with your your bff mm-hmm. it's running coast to coast from san francisco to ocean city maryland the loneliest road in america is 3200 miles odyssey from sea to shining sea <laughs> us 50 passes through a dozen different states four state capitals and the nation's capital washington dc then there's the Oregon Trail, which is another option you guys can take. Following the f- in the footsteps of the Pilgrims and Pioneers, US-20 takes in a little of everything during its two-lane trek from Oregon's rugged coast to the glorious sea and sand of Cape Cod. I do like Oregon. I've never mm. been there, but I like it. <laughs> it's cold. The Great Northern. It's dubbed the Great Northern in memory of the Pioneer Railroad that parallels the western half of the route, US-2. It's supposed to be the most stunning and unforgettable, not to mention longest, of all the great transcontinental road trips. Mm-hmm. Then there's the Appalachian Trail. This goes from the top of New England to the heart of Dixie. It takes you through continuous natural beauty. That's all they had to say, guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds gr- like it's not the one. <laughs> yeah, it's not the one. The Great River Road. By any name, the mighty Mississippi River cuts a mystic figure across the American landscape. Tag along from its headwaters in Minnesota to where it meets the sea in Louisiana via the GRR. That one sounds nice. (laughs) Then there's the Atlantic Coast. This one starts at the Statue of Liberty and ends with the drive across the overseas highway to freewheeling Key West. Almost 200 miles of roadway to run in... (laughs) Almost 200 miles. Thank you. Almost 200 miles of roadway to run within sights of the Atlantic Ocean. So that one's supposed to be really pretty, but on the opposite end, yeah. opposite coast. It's opposite of PCA. Pretty much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was say PHC. PHC. <laughs> border to border. That's another one. Mm-hmm. Starting at Canada's Jasper National Park and winding down in the Sonora Desert, this route traverses some of the wildest and most rugged lands imaginable. Mighty mountains glaciatic valleys raging rivers and two very different deserts so mm. that one sounds that nice one does sound fun. Yeah. <laughs> the road to nowhere once the only entirely paved route from canada to old mexico us 83 cuts across america's heartland and remains a must-go long distance byway mm. i guess <laughs> <laughs> and lastly southern pacific is the last one they listed following old us 80 and its contemporary equivalents takes you through more varied cultural and physical landscapes than you'll find along any other cross-country route so apparently this is the one from deserts to bayou swamps and Tex-Mix to barbecue, this route offers a full-flavored taste of America. And also, I want to point out that when I was like reading this and stuff, we in SoCal, I'm pretty sure it's mostly SoCal, are notorious for going the in front of freeways. Yeah. And people think it's weird that we the we everything. I, I-15, I whatever. Right. Everywhere else they're like, oh, okay, you're going to take US-80 to US da 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 to US da da da. We're like, no, we're going to take the 80. We're going to take the US-80 <laughs> to the US-5 to the... <laughs> I don't even say the I whatever. I say, oh, I'm going to take the 210. <laughs> I saw something the other day online that was like, tell me, tell me you're from SoCal without... Telling me you're from SoCal. The 110, the 405, the (laughs) 5. And yeah, so that's, I'm sorry. I'm sorry we're like this for anyone who's not from SoCal. And we say yes, no, no, yes. Yeah, yeah, no. Anyway, and that wraps up our show for today, you guys. And as always, we leave you guys with a final burning question. And the final question today is, if you were able to visit one of the seven wonders of the ancient world which one would you visit i'm leaning towards the hanging gardens of babylon i was feeling that one but i also like the idea of that weird like obtuse lighthouse yeah That's unless you cool. want to end up like william defoe and robert pattinson <laughs> did you watch that movie no you don't want to end up like them <laughs> 
Oh my gosh. She's that meme right now. Where, what hurts? Everything. Cause no one, I didn't understand the reference. Except, yeah, except I'm not, it's not because it's an old movie. It's, it's just because it's, I it's a new it. movie and she doesn't watch new movies. Anyway. <laughs> well, thank you all so much for listening and welcoming the new year with us. If you'd like to follow our podcast, you can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and Patreon, all at Talks and Sips. Every time I do this, my mouth gets watery. <laughs> <laughs> For our personal accounts, mine is at ceci.enciso. Mine is at jfox with two X's and two underscores. And we also have our website, toxinsips.com, where you can check out the links for all of our episodes, this one included, if you want to do your own research on your end, if you want to fact check us, <laughs> even though it's the articles we got it from. That all being said, though, we have been Talks and Sips, and we'll see you on the next one. <laughs>